Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Rock That Relationship. Tracy and I are here today to talk about integrating friends and family into those new relationships and what kind of a role do friends and family play in um, influencing us on whether or not we want to continue dating someone or maybe whether or not we don't. At what point do we introduce our new special uh, relationship people to our families and our friends, like, or our kids or whoever, you know, or do we date for a while and then, and then sort of slowly integrate them. So that's what we're talking about today. All things around integrating friends and family. So Tracy, let's talk a little bit about um, the role of friends and family. You can take it any direction, friends or family or friends and family, whoever you feel is most significant to you. Um, How much weight do you actually give to friends and family, you know, in terms of influencing your decision to either pursue or not pursue a relationship with someone, do they, does it, does their opinion matter to you? No. (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. That was our episode today. No, that's right. No. Why should it matter? (laughs) I don't care. I do, as you know, externally process everything with um, pretty much everyone, uh, you being number one you being the one to listen to most of it. And no, it doesn't matter to me what your opinion is. Now I will listen and take it under advisement. Um, it is important to me to process and think about, hmm, how are these things going? But as we we know from this past relationship I was just in, there's not one person who thought that was a good relationship and advised me for months to break it off. And I did not um, until I was ready to. And so I think that that's the issue for most people should be talk to your friends and family, get their input, but you have to make your own decision about where you want to go and with whom. So you've never been in a situation where someone has either talked you into or talked you out of dating someone. No, never. No one can talk me into or out of anything. I don't <laughs> well, know. I've, you've I met me. Sort of learned that. <laughs> That's yeah. a problem. Some people think it's a problem, but It's not that I'm not listening, right? Like, you know, I've talked over and over and over again about multiple relationships since we met. And I like, I feel like, yes, it's important to me what people think. And I like to get their input because as we know, there's not one side or another. There's, you know, my truth, your truth and the actual truth. And I think that in a relationship, I think it's important to have outside influence on both parties. Now, should that outside influence be, you know, out of proportion? Because the relationship prior to this last relationship that I had, that person's friends and family had an outsized influence on her thinking. So I, I processed the same stuff with my friends, but I didn't make my decision based on what they had to say. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a real, I mean, it's a fine line, but it's a clear line. Mm-hmm. Um, friends and family are people that you process with to make your own decisions, but maybe their opinion isn't going to influence it. Um, well, it, it influences it, but it doesn't determine it. Okay. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. Right. Right. 
And, you know, I'm kind of split on this, right? In some sense, um, you know, I've dug my heels in and been like, I don't really want your opinion about who I'm dating. Like, this is who Mm -hmm. I'm dating. And I know things about this person that you will never know because of the type of whatever our relationship is, is, you know, not necessarily public in all spaces. And so some people don't know what I see. Um, In other, in other instances, you know, I have welcomed people to intervene and say, this is really not a, this is not a good road to go down, not because of really their opinion, but if they've noticed something that's like a major, major red flag that maybe I didn't know, I would want someone to say, okay, listen, I saw the person you're dating on a dating app, or I saw them out on another date with someone. I would want that information, but I, they wouldn't determine what I'm going to do, but it would somehow uh, that would influence it. I think, I think so for the difference for me is, um, does the person I'm dating, does their behavior have a negative impact so much that I need to be aware of it because I'm not aware of it? Or is it just someone's just personal opinion? Like, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I think you can do better. Or I think you can, you know, I had this person I dated a million and one years ago. And really I had a lot of people just say, I just don't, I don't like her. I don't like her. And I was like, but I do. And it was really hard because after a while, I just wanted to tell people to stop, like just stop because it was influencing me because then I was constantly looking at her flaws and she had a lot of great things about her. And while the relationship didn't last, we had a very amicable breakup and, um, our, you know, and, and I just, I think in some ways, sometimes that people want to be more influential than I want them to be. So I guess I kind of have a mixed feeling. Would I want to know some information that might help me make some determinations that information I wouldn't already know? Yes, please tell me. But I don't necessarily need someone to harp on their same opinion over and over and over again. It gets tiresome. Well, yes. And I think there's a difference between solicited and unsolicited opinion, right? So there's a difference between opinion and fact and fact being, oh, I saw somebody was on bubble while they're dating you. That's a fact. And so you might want to know the facts versus, you know, I think this person's just kind of crappy or I don't really like how, you know, you are with them or I don't like what you're doing. But I, I, I do push back a little bit. I'm not, on my friends saying stuff, it's not that I'm pushing back on their opinion because they're entitled to that opinion. It's that, okay, I heard you. I'm still going to make my own decision. And mm-hmm. I would think that's mm-hmm. the kind of friends you want because would I want friends that don't say it, who don't ever say anything, you know? I mean, and I'm not talking about facts. I think we should all want to know facts. If somebody sees somebody on Bumble and you're supposedly in a, you know, committed monogamous relationship, that's just information that should be known. But, um, like opinion, right? I mean, what do you want to know if you're acting differently than you would otherwise? I, I think I would want to know once or twice, but it's like, once I know that I don't need to be told that every single time I interact with someone, it's like, it gets to a point where it's like, this is too much. I need you to stop. Um, I mean, I've had, and do to you say people. that I have, I've people? said that to people uh, like, I need you to, I need you to stop. Um, Who I are I hear, those people. I hear what you're saying. Um, all sorts of different people, but you know, it, it's not just about dating. It's about just, you know, someone who wants an opinion and opinion and opinion. And it's almost like they, there's a sense that if you don't do what they are giving you their opinion about, then therefore you are quote, not listening. And they need to say it again and again and again. So like, if I'm told like, 
this person, you know, isn't really a good fit for you or something. And then I choose to stay with that person. Then the other person that gave me that information might still feel entitled to say, well, she still isn't broken up with her. So I need to tell her again and again and again and again. And it's like, but I heard you and I understand that's your perception. And I appreciate you telling me that, but I'm, I'm good. I have that information now. Um, but I could don't. they be saying that because the person continues to talk about the same issue? I just had this discussion this morning with my astrologer, Bethany, who we had on um, in our last season, who I love and is helping me a lot with boundaries, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I tend not to have boundaries. I haven't really had them in my entire life. And I'm just starting to create boundaries. And I think it's – i I've thought they were a little bit mean or cruel, and that's our discussion And I've often had friends say, gosh, or other people like your friends really comment on stuff. And I'm like, well, I've kind of invited that. Well, not kind of. I absolutely invited it. (laughs) And I've invited it by discussing my issues openly. And for me, being an external processor, that helps. Now, is that a violation of the relationship as well? I think that's something we also need to talk about. Like, I think if someone's continually saying something and you've said, you know, please don't, then that's a boundary violation. And that is a relationship you have to look at anyway. But if I'm constantly talking about the same issue, like I did with you, I think I called you every day from another country and you're like, get on a plane and just come (laughs) home. And I wouldn't do it because I just kept hoping against hope that things would be different. Right. But I'm inviting that at that point. I mean, every day that I'm calling. Right. 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 Well, and I think that's important also to establish what is it you're looking for. Like in my case, I might say, I need to externally process this situation. It's going to, it's the thousandth time that I have. I do not need your advice or opinion, but can you ask me some questions to help me get clarity on what I think about this situation and be very clear? Or I just want you to listen. Can you not even talk at all? I just need someone to listen or, you know, whatever it might be. But I think on my end, I haven't been very clear on the front end of what I need when I'm talking about these things. And it seems like an invited welcome. Give me your opinion on whatever the issue might be. And that's, that's not really, I guess that's not really what I want. And then I get exasperated that I get way too much of an opinion and I have to tell people to stop. Um, Because I do know that you know, while I'd like to say how much do friends and family influence my decision, I'd like to say, well, they don't, but they do. Like when you have three, four five people like saying the same thing, you know, either that's just a, you know, an invitation to really look at maybe a possible red flag, which I, mm-hmm. you know, which is basically influencing my decision or my, my ability to stay with someone, you know, or it's, it's making me kind of double down and say, no, I really want to be with this person. But either way, this information is still influencing my thought process around what I'm doing. And it gets, it, it, and while I do appreciate, I really want to do be, be told if there are some serious red flags, but if it's just kind of like, Hey, you know, you could do better or compat- compatibility or whatever, or something that's just really benign, then I just need to, I just need people to, 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 after they've told me to just stop and I need to just do a better job of just prefacing up front what I need. Yeah. And I don't think people should really just say that out of the blue anyway. I think that's kind of rude. Unless there's abuse that you actually see abuse. And in that case, I mean, I worked in domestic violence shelter and I was a police officer. There is not much you can do unless the person is willing to leave or see it themselves as well. So that's very difficult. But I feel like if people are just like straight up coming up to you and saying, "Mm, I don't like this, or I think you could do better, that's kind of messed up on their part. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think there's a line there too. Like you're right. If my safety and well-being or, you know, 
those kind of things are not are in jeopardy by being with this person or you know fidelity those kind of things yes i absolutely want to be told and i want to be told from every angle possible so that it will influence me to make a choice to get out of that situation but if it's just someone who's like oh you know i it'd be great if your partner did this or i really wish that they were more like this or blah 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 and it was like um i don't know it just it it does it gets to be like a point where it's like we we all have things that people, you know, don't like about us. And it's not even just flaws. It's like something that could be somebody's personality, you know, charming thing about them might be somebody else's irritation. Right. So, you know, and um, it was funny because I was in a relationship and my, one of my exes had pointed out that one of my biggest weaknesses was that I'm just too passionate about life. And it just got on her nerves. She did not like it. And, you know, and I remember getting that feedback and thinking, well, that's like one of my favorite things about myself. I want to meet somebody who thinks that's a strength. So even when people are pointing things out to be helpful, it's from their lens of what they think are strengths. And what right. they you know, your well, exactly. isn't, isn't as much of this or is too much of this. It's like, well, who are you to tell me that? Like I, you know, again, only if it's not, I'm not in like a major dangerous situation, but personality wise, it's like, it's not your opinion to give unless I ask for it. I, I think. Well, agree. And I think that that's a codependency so that, you know, one of those relationships I was in, the person was very influenced by family and friends with a therapist even saying that those relationships were very codependent. And I kind of backed off and she, this person wanted to come and stay with me for like weeks at a time. And I was like, please make your family and friends aware that this is your choice, um, that it, I'm not the one asking for this and that you're wanting to be here. And we had very different lifestyles. You know, I rarely drink and I don't, um, you know, I exercise all the time and I don't have other habits like smoking and stuff. And all of her family and friends did as well as she did. And it really, really bugged them that I didn't do that stuff. And then I became known as controlling. And I'm like, I'm not trying to control anything. Like when I met this person, she expressed a desire to change, right? And to not be in that kind of culture. And it it became a real problem. In fact, that's what broke us up was them. Like mm-hmm. they could not stand that she was here and they couldn't stand that she was changing herself. And I will go to my grave about this. I never, all I said was there, like, I think therapy is a deal breaker for me. You need to be in therapy. Cause if you're expressing that you want to be different, then figure out a way to be different. Cause I'm not telling mm-hmm. you, you need to be different, but my red line is, you know, therapy, like you need to be in therapy to understand what you actually truly want. And the person wasn't strong enough to resist those friends and family. And that's where I say, yes, I will always listen to what people have to say, but I'm never going to let them dictate what I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you bring up a good point because we've been talking this whole time about like how friends and family have in many ways, how they have attempted to influence us. In your case, you say they don't and they, you know, you make your own determinations, but you want to listen. And in my case, I say that what they say can influence me. And sometimes I just need them to, you know, be able to, I don't know if it's just give give me, don't give me unsolicited advice over and over and over. Cause I do have some, cause I do know that how influential that information can be. And sometimes it's overwhelming. So that's from our perspective. But when you're talking about what you're saying is this idea that have we been with someone where friends and family have been incredibly influential in their decisions, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know to this day that anybody I was with, I have no idea if their friends and family liked me or they were whispering in my ex's ears, like you should 
you know, get out of this relationship or, you know, I, I have no idea. I, we, mm. none of the reasons that were ever given to me about why we broke up or none of the things that I was able to see had to do with that. But I, but now it's like making me think like, oh, well, I wonder if this person's parent liked me, or I wonder if their best friend liked me. Corey, and- do you think there's anybody on this earth who hasn't liked you? I don't believe that. I don't Aww. think that you're in danger. Now I could go around and literally tell you out of all friends and family and partners, friends and family who did not like me because it's From always, exes? Oh, it's always made clear to me. Yes. Really? I can tell you exactly what friends did not like me and exactly what they thought of me. I've heard everything. I've heard it from every single one person I've ever dated, what their friends think of me. I could name them out right now and exactly what they've ever said about me. And I have said that to the partner. Well, you need to make up your own mind. Like yeah. if this person is telling you that I'm this way, then you decide. Like I don't own right. you. I'm not keeping you in the basement in a, you know, well, at the bottom with a basket of lotion. Like. <laughs> You decide, you figure it out. If you think I'm that person and it, it, I bother your friend so much, then you make, am I dating that friend? No. Are you dating that friend? No. But are you going to let that friend determine that? I mean, you know, recently another attorney said to me, you're probably one of those people just like me. People either like you or hate you. And I said, well, actually, no, like I'm not. Like I generally, most people like me, but there are people really can't stand me. And, and I, what's interesting is I have brought all of those relationships around. Like at the beginning, they didn't like me when I started dating their friend. And then I was friends with all of them. But at first they couldn't stand me because I don't back down from anything. I don't, I, it's not like I'm not nice or kind. It's that I'm not trying to make people feel secure in the world. Like, you know what I mean? If we're going to mm-hmm. talk about an issue, I'm not going to baby them or whatever. And I'm also, I don't baby a partner, right? Like I'm a very good partner as far as like, you know, like I told you before, I've learned a lot from my therapy and all that, but you know, I would do a lot of stuff, but my love language is more um doing versus, you know, maybe what that person wanted. And I've, I've had many, many opinionated friends of partners. Mm-hmm. It's funny. So, okay. so how did that though? How did that influence the relationship clearly it drew conversations because you're t- you're kind of replicating conversations oh it made partners. fights like it i'm made... t- oh yeah i'm like screw your friend like <laughs> why do i care what that chick thinks like uh, like i would hear it well this person thinks you're this and this person doesn't like you did this and you know or you said this to me and i'm like what what do you think like you're the one that has to figure out if that bothers you enough. Yeah. Oh, it created right. massive. I literally, I can tell you with each girlfriend, which of her friends hated me. Mm-hmm. Hated like because me. it came up in the relationship. And oh yeah. Because they mm-hmm. told me this person cannot stand you. So they, this they person thinks, told you that. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, see, I've never see? experienced that. I don't, I've never. Cause you're told. not, you're not polarizing at all. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not, you're, you're like, I always say this to you, you could have fun in a paper bag. Like you don't upset people. I upset people, my very being and nature. And I think being vegan just really irks so many people. I could literally say I'm vegan and then people hate my guts. Like, you know, there's certain things that I have that are triggers for others, but yeah, I think you would know. I think you'd already know if people don't like you. I just don't believe that just like my one ex, um, I'm like two people have not liked her in her life. You know, and I know both of those people and it's their issues, not hers. And like, you're one of those people. I don't think 
I've never met someone who's like, oh, I can't stand that Corey, but I bet you've heard that about me. <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth. Because you were my spouse in a previous life, does the Fifth Amendment apply to me? <laughs> um, the, the fifth can apply for anything. It doesn't have to be spousal privilege. But oh, um, yeah, I'm sure you've heard that. I know you've heard that. I'm polarizing. I irritate people. Well, you're very, outspoken and you're very direct right. and you like to tell people how it is. And I, and I don't do that quite as much, but, um, so, okay. So that kind of thinking about how this plays into relationships. So, you know, we're talking about in some ways that, you know, either friends and family have tried to try to influence us, um, have, you know, we've been with people who their friends and family have tried to influence them, maybe have been successful. And when I say successful, meaning that that person made a determination based on a friend or family's opinion. Um, what about the other way around, right? Um, <clears throat> this idea that like you start maybe dating someone who you're like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm kind of wondering, but everybody loves them. And all of a sudden the opinions and the influences are like the opposite. It's not red flags. It's green flags. It's go, go, go. This person's great. And you're like, I don't know, maybe I'm just not seeing it. Maybe I should just, maybe we should just keep dating. Cause maybe they're seeing something I'm not. Um, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going because of all the positive feedback I'm getting. Have you ever had that experience? I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Plead the fifth because you haven't yeah. had that? Because I'm not going to say, no, I've never had that because no one I've ever dated have other people been like, oh, that's so <laughs> awesome. Except maybe <laughs> one person who I'm very good friends with now, but, but um, everybody you've dated, people have had more concerns about at the beginning. Yes, than... because I... <laughs> Just like myself, I like people who are polarizing. Okay. I like people who elicit a response out of others. I like women with the edge. I can't help it. I'm trying to get at, I'm trying to work through that in therapy, but <laughs> I, I have an edge, you know, like I just said yeah. this morning to Bethany, like I want to have, I'm emotionally more messy than you. We were talking about you and me and our different responses to things and how you try to help me have better responses to other people in the world. And sometimes I'm just like, ah, I just still want to be messy, right? So with the exception of one person, I can't name that person because we don't name people on this podcast, but everybody has been polarizing to my friends as well. Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting. I like people with an edge. What can I say? Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, I flip it around the other way. I've had a couple people where I've had... Uh, kind of what you're talking about is people have come to me with sort of concerns or I'm not sure this is the right person for you. Um, I've had a couple people that have been like, people have just generally liked, um, but I've never had anyone where it was like, I wasn't as interested in them as my friends and family were mm -hmm. right. Like it's always either been equal or they're not as interested in them as I am. And so I, I don't really know what that would be like, but you do. I mean, I've heard of that before where people are, you know, they're, this, they're like, oh, this person's so good for me on paper. And they're, and, you know, particularly, you know, you see that this with a, a heterosexual couples and pressure to get married, it, you know, right. it's like, this is, you know, you're not getting any younger, right? right? You should just grab onto this one. You don't know who's, you don't know if there's anyone else out there. And it's like, they're nice enough. They're good, you know? And then you're like, okay. And I'm not saying that there's a, a whole slew of heterosexual couples out there that settled because their parents were on them about it, but, oh, maybe, maybe some have. And so, um, I think that those opinions can be really influential. And the other thing too is you, you might be with somebody, the same kind of argument for, you know, whoever you're dating is that there might not be somebody better out there. And so as long as my friends and family aren't saying bad things about this person, 
and they're okay. I'm going to just continue to proceed. Even if it's not good things, it's just neutral because I might not, what if the next person I find is, is actually, they do say bad things. I don't want to roll the dice on that. So I'm just going to move forward. I think that's, so that I would then say those people really need to get into therapy to figure out what they want and, and to not let that's codependence also, right? If even if the person who's saying something thinks they have your best interest in mind, like you either love someone or you don't, you either like really are attracted to that person or you're not. And like to choose, maybe you're the person who's like, I just want to choose what's easy or I just want to have, and maybe that makes you happy. But usually those things kind of fall apart after even you see people getting divorced at 75 and you're like, what? Heck, I thought if you made it that far, you'd make it all the way, right? But mm-hmm. then they're like, oh my God, my life is going away and I've got to have that passion or something. You know, I've got to experience this before I die, right? Or they meet somebody mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, I spent a lifetime with someone that I come just was like coasting along with. But that's mm-hmm. where I think, again, therapy like should help everybody because even though people, other people like that person just may not be the person for you. And you shouldn't let other people determine that for you. And you can say to people, Hey, I want your opinion, or I want to talk this over with you. It doesn't mean that I think I'm pretty clear with everybody like, okay, I'm taking that under advisement or, Oh, I'm going to, you know, hear you out. But, um, I'm never going to make my decision based on what you say ever. (laughs) But that, that. (laughs) cause I'm very secure in like, I will go to therapy, right? And the point of therapy isn't to hire my therapist to tell me what to do. It's to hire my therapist to help me figure out, work through and think through these things, right? And even with my, the, the astrologer, who's really more of a coach, it's about like, okay, well, she's telling me this morning, well, you, I know you don't like what I'm saying about these boundaries and, um, but you'll figure it out on your own. And I'm like, yeah, I will. And maybe it'll be different for me. So I'm always, and you know, I'm always going to hope that things will be different, right? That's why I stay in every relationship until the bitter, bitter end, or I'm hanging on and just trying to make it work because there is, we're, there's a little bit of hope that things might turn out differently. I'm going to keep going. Whereas other people might've bailed before or not even gotten involved. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. That's when I want the opinion is before I start getting involved. Like I, you know, I'm dating someone for three months. I, I, you know, the ship has sailed a little bit, not that I can't leave the relationship, but if you have a red flag, tell me before the first date, you know, that, but that would, would you really listen? Well, I'd like to think that I would, would you be, really listen? Yeah. I mean, I would like to think that I would, I, I would say not listen, but I would like to think that I wouldn't really give it a lot of weight but, you know, if they bring up a good point, then all of a sudden it's just in the back of my head, constantly nagging me. And I'm like, oh, they do do that. They do do that. And then I'm starting to count the instances they're doing it. I'm overblowing it. And as an overthinker, then I get become fixated on it. And so what I like to say, it doesn't impact my determination. I would love to say that, but it, but it, it does, because what it does is it gets into my psyche. And then mm-hmm. I start, cause it's usually mm-hmm. relatively accurate some of the time, unless of course, like I said before, it's like a personality trait that somebody might have a different opinion about, but if it's really, truly like some kind of a small, like an, you know, we talked about, you know, red and orange and and those kind of things and red and orange lines. If it's like an orange thing, then it might be, you know, like, oh, that is kind of an irritating habit. And then I notice it all the time. And then, so it's not that person's words that came to me. It was now my own, I'm having my own experience. This person's right. I'm seeing this with my own eyes and yes, it's irritating. And I can't do a lifetime of this. 
And so that's the part that that's where it becomes influential. But it's interesting that it would take somebody else like, okay, so there's, here's something that bugs me being snapped at in public. I've had that experience with a partner and that partner thought nothing of it. Other people notice it. It was very uncomfortable for everybody, but I, it wasn't like a red line for me. I found it annoying and I found it embarrassing, but it's like, well, I still am going to tolerate it, but you know what I mean? Like if people kept pointing it out to me, I'd be like, that's just the way she is. I, I I don't know. Wouldn't, it would not get like stuck in my head. Yeah. I mean, you know, very different thresholds for overthinking. Yes. Well, thresholds for overthinking and we have different thresholds for putting up with, I think, behavior, certain behaviors. Although I think that's a product of you putting up with too many and then putting changing, like you kind Mm -hmm. of had that, I'm like two years behind you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was doing what you were doing is putting up right. a lot and it was like rationalizing it. And it was like, oh, okay, maybe they'll change, you know? And it was like, oh, I don't know, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, and I look back on all my relationships and I've done that with everyone, you know? And it's like, I've, you know, kind of tolerated things and granted, you know, they're, everybody's flawed and, and so nobody's perfect. But if there are things that are concerning and I've sort of blown them off and then they, 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 somebody says it and it sticks in my head. Then, then I start, I literally start noticing it. You know, it's like the same thing. Like someone's like, oh, I just brought, bought a new, you know, a Subaru, you know, and then you're a Subaru, whatever, a green one. And then all of a sudden, like you're driving down the road and all you see are green Subarus. And you're like, I've never seen a green Subaru before. You probably have, you just never noticed it. It's the same thing when people are telling me something, I might just kind of, hmm. you know, blow it off a little bit, but like, oh yeah, that's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden I see it all the time. And then I'm like, yes, this person does do that. And then I blow it out of proportion. And, and, and I know that I do this. So I have to be real careful because I'm, Hmm. I'm not saying that I'm like impressionable or influ influenced very easily by other people, but I know that my own thought processes can actually take things like that and really go places I don't want to go. So that's why sometimes it's helpful for me to cut off those conversations and say, listen, I, I don't want any more of your feedback because you're just dumping it on me right now. And now I am going to have to go home and sift through what I agree with, what I don't, I'm going to be looking for things and this isn't healthy for me. And so, and I'm also working on it on the other end, which is not overthinking, but that's a little bit harder to do. So I guess it's, it's, I, I, you know, I am somewhat influenced, but I, I wouldn't, I would say that's because of my own process, not because of what someone, because I'm like, oh yes, you're right. And that's it. It's like, they say something and then my process makes me. Your process it. takes over. Yes, right. exactly. Which exactly. is why you've done therapy, right? To kind of mm-hmm. control that process, I think. Right. I right. mean, that's why I think everybody should so that they can, like, I don't know if this is on topic, but the two people I've literally like been the most in love with have been after I started really doing therapy. And I don't think that's about the people because they, they had, there were a lot of issues in both of those relationships, but it's because I finally learned how to actually be in love with myself and then somebody else. And I do think, yes, a lot of people had opinions about those relationships and it, it just wasn't going to stop me though. You know, like, mm-hmm. because I think all of the therapy helped me to know myself and know what I was looking for, even when no one else could see it. Right. And, and to create whatever those boundaries were when you were ready to create them. I mean, I felt compelled to tell you in certain situations where I, you needed to get out of some spaces quickly or some of those kind of things. And you always knew what my opinions were, but, um, 
unless and you it, asked, it, it, right. I didn't tell you. And we were very clear about that. Right. You, you would always say, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. And I said, because I'm not telling you, you have to ask for that because I don't, I mean, there was one day we had a real conversation about that. I said, I feel like I'm giving you too many opinions on how I feel about this situation. Clearly this is difficult. You can talk to me about it, but I'm not going to give you any opinions unless you ask. And I remember exactly because I was on a hike and I was out of town and we were walking and we had this really interesting conversation about me not giving you opinions about your situation and just simply listening to you. I don't know if you remember that exact conversation. Yes, I do. I remember like 10 of those, but I know what you're talking about. And the other thing is though, when I'm asking for advice or I'm talking to you or anybody else, then I have to also say, well, I have to screen it through your experience, right? So mm-hmm. things could be triggering because I can tell when I'm saying things to certain people, you included, that are triggering from your past stuff, exactly. that it's really might not, like, it might look worse from the outside because I am a crier. I'm a person who cries. I'm a person who, like, it's dramatic. I was called dramatic yesterday, and I said, maybe I am. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, and then like you I- cried and you yelled <laughs> and you were dramatic about it. No, I'm just Nobody kidding. actually said let's not just rehash our fight that we had that made me act dramatic. Like that's a first for me. Usually I like to rehash everything, but that's the thing is like, I am more prone to dramatics. Right. So when I discuss something, it's dramatic. And like when I'm telling somebody something like you, you're not usually dramatic. So when you're heightened, you know, historical is or hysterical is historical. Mm -hmm. So when you're getting worked up about something, I feel like it's not really about me. It's about, it's triggering something in you. And so when people talk to somebody else, they have to also know that person that they're talking to and realize like, why is it? Maybe this person is getting more upset about this because this is something that happened to them that they didn't like. What is my threshold? Right. So that's where I feel like, yes, family and friends are great. I have, I love my friends. I'm so happy. I'm always appreciative that I have them. They have saved my life, you know, countless times from feeling terrible about myself, but I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And there, and, and people can decide, oh, I don't want to be around that chick. She is like, so dramatic every time she has to break up. Like, you know what I mean? Like my God, or in the relationship, like get yourself together. And that's fine. Right. Cause for them, maybe they're like, I don't want to be around somebody like that. I think that that's this whole discussion comes back to, do you know yourself? Do you know what you want in your life? Do you know what you what kind of friends you want to have around you and what kind of people? Like we don't have to be friends with everybody. We don't have to date everybody. Like there are going to be people that we're more drawn to. And I think that that's the thing. You need to figure that out for yourself. Family and friends can be good counsel or advice. And that's where it should end. Mm-hmm. What about um, kind of shifting gears a little bit? Because we, you know, if we talk about family and friends, what about what about kids? Like, um, you know, and I mean, I have a younger child, but I know a lot of people in their, you know, forties and fifties might have grown children. Does their, does their opinion matter differently? What do you do if your kid doesn't really like who you're dating? Um, or what if your kid loves who you're dating, but now you want to break up and you don't want to break this kid's heart. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's challenging because I did, you know, live with two stepchildren for eight years who I haven't seen for a while, um, because of, you know, divorce kind of feelings, but, you know, I think it matters the age one adult children's opinion shouldn't matter in my opinion, like they're Mm -hmm. living their lives, hopefully, and you're living your life and just that they should be in the category of family and friends who you take advice and counsel from. I do think it's very different with younger children, right? Because they don't have a choice in the matter. 
And so I think bringing somebody in and the way that I did it, I moved in with a three and six year old. So I did not, I just kept, I just was there, but not trying to win their love or get them to, you know, let them come to me. Mm -hmm. And I do find it a red flag when someone really wants to get in with someone's kids. I find that concerning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can think, oh, that's cute. They have kids or whatever, but that's got to be fully that other person's decision. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. there should be any pressure about that. I mean, I did move straight up into the home with those kids and it all worked out for a long time. Um, But I do think it matters with young kids. I don't think you can bring a person into a young child's life and that that's going to be constant. They don't get along or they don't like them or they're bad for them. I do think that's a red line. I think when you're a parent, your children matter more than you do. And when I say parent, I'm talking of young children, not of, you know, adult children. Right, right. Yeah, I kind of think if that the child is younger and they live with you or something like that, where you're having that, you know, constant, you know, interaction and so forth, that it matters, right? And you've ever heard that that saying, like, you got to win over the kids, right? When people start dating and they show up and they bring presents or they, they're really overly great with the kids. And that's such a nice, it's a nice gesture on its face. But you're right. At the same time, it's like, now you get these these kids that fall in love with this person and you're like, well, I don't really want to date them. And now they're going to be sad because now I'm going to like not continue to see them. And their other parent just, we just split up and, you know, or whatever the case may be. So that can be, you know, certainly tricky. Um, but it's also, you know, they can also be a really good, um, I don't know, barometer a little bit too, because they might see things that you don't see that are like really, really concerning, particularly around like health and safety and well-being. But I would agree with you. I, the and kids, the kids have to come first, particularly if they're, you know, under 18, they just, they have to come first. Um, for me, that's in my mind. Um, would well, I, that, break, would I break that's... up with someone that was, that I was in madly in love with because my kid didn't like them? Um, probably not immediately. I'd probably try hmm. to figure out what the, what the difficulty might've been and try to work through it maybe therapeutically at first. Um, but if it, we got to an impasse and there was something that was negative or about this person on my child, yeah, we would be done. Yeah, I think that makes sense, right? I I feel the same about pets, you know, but what's interesting is my pets have been very much in like um adoration of the person that humans didn't like. And to me, that's why I kept staying in the relationship for a long time because I do think if you see that pets are like in love with somebody, that that really even if they're messy as a person, they're emotionally messy because of their past traumas. I think it shows like deep down what that person's really about. I've never been with someone that pets didn't like, you know, and, but that mm-hmm. would, that would be a, that would be a deal breaker for me. If my pet yeah. didn't like you, then there's some, especially a dog, like, you know, cats, you can't really trust them because they're generally standoffish anyway. But like, mm-hmm. you know, dogs, like I do think dogs know. And so I think right. they know even deep down who that person is, even Mm -hmm. if that person is a hot, hot mess. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's what they say sometimes is that dogs pick up on things that other Mm -hmm. humans don't. And I think it would be alarming for me if I had a very social dog that liked a lot of people, but was really squeamish around somebody. I would probably sense that something was going on. And I I don't know what I would do because I don't, the dog can't really tell me, but I'd probably just pay greater attention to those interactions or just see what in the world's happening. But you're right. 
Cats, my cat, I always say that if somebody broke into my house, my cat would like run over and want to get her chin rubbed because right. like literally you can't come to a party at my house where my cat is not in the middle of the circle of people talking right. on her on her back waiting for a belly rub. So she likes everyone. But also the other thing is, is that she likes everyone. So that is a determination that, you know, not a lot of cats are that social, that if she didn't like somebody, that could be an indication for me too. So um, not that we should necessarily say that our pets are our you know, psychic compass to good and bad energy, but p- perhaps there is something there. So I would agree with you that that is, you know, something to pay attention to. So, yeah. um, so what about, um, introducing your friends to, or your partners to your parents? It's probably less of a, of an issue for people who are older that may not live where their parents are. And they, you know, I've known people who have gotten married and haven't met the parents until the wedding, right? Because just of where they live and so forth, or, you know, a parent might, in my case, my parents are deceased, so it's not an option, but you know, the, the meeting the parents, right? There's even movies around meet the parents. Like, is that, is is that a mile marker? Is that something you, you know, you, is that something that ha- that should have the kind of weight? Does it matter about the relationship people have with their parents? I mean, culturally that, that could be, you know, different based hmm. on where you're from. What are your thoughts on that? That's very interesting. Do you want my personal experience? I mean, can you I, give me the experience of somebody you met at a bus stop the other day? Yes, I can actually. Who I picked up on the highway. Um, yeah. Well, my situation is very I mean, mine's a little, it's difficult because I don't have a good relationship with my parents and I would not trust one of their opinions. But, um, my mother actually like picked up on some stuff that I had picked up on at first and kind of, um, disregarded, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and it it was all, there was all kind that was in the nineties. And so all the anti-gay stuff was going on from the family at the time. And so it, it got all messy um, but it was interesting cause that's the only person my mother's ever really had a terrible reaction to cause she was fine with the other people I dated. But as an adult, like, I mean, that's not even a factor for me. I would never even care or consider whether my parents would have an opinion. I can't imagine as a, as an adult that I would care about that. Yeah. I suppose if you're younger, I also do think that's more heteronormative as well. I mean, it really depends on the relationship with your parents, right? If you're one of these people who's hanging out with their parents all the time, then that's just, it makes sense, right? But like the movies are all about like people in their twenties and they're the parents, maybe they're in their thirties, but it's like, I do think as you get older, does that really matter? Unless you're tight with one of your parents or both. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I was like super close with my mom. So her, it wasn't her approval that I wanted. I just wanted her to be, to see the same kind of amazingness in my partner as I saw. Um, so did you go on a, like a campaign or did you just let the person, did you just let your mom meet the person? You know what I mean? Well, in, in like, past situations, since, I mean, she, she died pretty soon after I started dating my current partner. So there wasn't a lot in that. Um, but on previous ones, um, I, I started by letting the partner, you know, I was like their love and their greatness and their wondrousness will shine through. And my mom will just pick up on that. And, and and for a couple of people, she did, um, for a couple of them, she had questions, right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
maybe borderline concerns. And she would talk to me and then I would find myself kind of advocating for those people, give them a chance. This is the reason. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to see the good in people and that's gotten me burned in many ways because I've had lost some boundaries by, you know, staying in relationships or friendships or even work relationships or work too long because I've seen kind of like, this is the potential that it could have. And so I do have that, but it does sometimes show up in the form of kind of advocating, particularly was advocating my mom, like, oh no, these are the good things. And my mom was really great. She never gave me her unsolicited opinion, which I really appreciated a lot. Like Mm -hmm. when I would ask her, she would tell me. Or I would ask her something very specific and she would limit her feedback only to that topic. But it was important to me that my mom loved the person that I was I was with because we were family and I always saw my partner as family. We celebrate holidays together. We, you know, we only lived a couple hours apart. We would always spend week, you know, weekends and holidays and everything together. And my mom was my my best friend in the whole world. And and that was important to me that she loved my partner too. So did I need her approval? No. What if she didn't like a person? Would you break up with them? There were a couple she didn't really mm-hmm. like. Um, two in particular that she was, you know, was like, oh, I don't know. It wasn't that she didn't like them. She just was like, she didn't gel with them the way she had done with other partners. How's that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the kind of thing where you're like, oh, if I'm not in town, my partner can go up and my mom and her can go get facials or something. Right. Or a couple partners she would have done that with and a couple she just would be like, eh. So it wasn't, she didn't like them. It was just more like the connection point. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think ideally it's better to have like a close relationship, right? If you have yeah. a close relationship, then they should, I think. That's, that's what I think. Cause we're going right. to, we're going to spend a lot of time together right. and talk about this person. My mom c- would come and visit all the time and stay in our homes and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know what I would do if she really didn't like somebody. She, she always said to me, you know, one of the things, one of the many things I loved about her was that, you know, this is your life and this is your choice and you ultimately have to make the decision and you're going to see things that the rest of us aren't going to see. And so as long as you're happy and as long as you're safe, that's all I care about because I love you. And I kind of wish that everybody that I met in my world would do that. You know what I mean? Because it was just such a great, it was such a great way of being supportive of me. But also if I needed that, like, uh uh-oh, what do I do in this situation? She was always there and always giving me her straight up opinion. And she would always intervene if there was something that was unsafe or unhealthy, like in a relationship, she would say something. But yeah, so I I don't know what would happen if she didn't like the person I was with. Hmm. Yeah, never crossed that line. But is there anybody in your life, like my mother played that role. Is there anybody in your life that, that you would like for them to also love and appreciate your partner too. Like that's important to you. It's not necessary, but it would feel really nice. Mm, No, I just come do my own thing. Like I'm very, very close with my friends as you know, Mm -hmm. but that's about me. I mean, like it's, it would be nice, but I wouldn't, I don't need it. It's an interesting question because you met one that you really liked, but that was the one who was all about her fam, let her family dictate how she was going to live her life. And mm-hmm. so that was unfortunate. Right. And then I feel like, what's the point? Like, you know, because that person's going to go and do what they're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a, I'm very, very close to friends, but I've not required them to, I, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it, it in an ideal you, world, like, like would your, it be be- great? your best friend. Yeah. Um, like, if your best friend absolutely despised the person you were with. Oh my God. My best be- friend, I hated my best friend's husband and he turned out to be a narcissistic sociopath and we stayed best friends through that whole situation. I mean, 
Yeah. People got to do what they got to do. And until she was ready for it to be over, I just, ugh, I just put up with it. I put yeah. up with it and it wasn't until it ended where I could really let loose. And then, like, you know, but I had given my opinion at the beginning. Do not have anything to do with this person. She disregarded my opinion. 14 years later, after lots of horrible mm-hmm. things happened, she said, oh, my God, you're so right. But she has a daughter who she loves very much. So it's really like, yeah. you know, two-edged or double-edged sword. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I guess I'm just not that person. I just, like, live my own life and... I don't know. I mean, I just dated someone for months that nobody liked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who was a jerk to everybody? <laughs> yeah. And it didn't matter to me. Okay, I got to go back to therapy. Let's end yeah, this I so I can say, go to therapy. Yeah. No, but it's but, true. There were things about that person that I loved very much, still love, that my dogs loved. And I always felt like that person would work their stuff out. And in the end, it would be cool. But, like, I've never – I'm not one of those people who vacations with other people. You know what I mean? Like, my ex-wife and I vacationed with my best friend, and the kids were all hung out. And that was great. But um I don't know. I'm just kind of a person. I'm very social, but I just kind of do what I want in the world. Like, I'm going to go just on my own vacations and do my own thing and – I guess it'd be great if people like the person I was dating, but it does, it's not necessary for me. Does that make sense? It'd be like, it'd be nice, but I also don't care. I mean, that's okay. That's you, that aligns with like who you are, right? You're very steadfast in some of your opinions and ideas. And if you get your, your eyes on someone that you feel is, you know, is giving you something that's healthy and happy or doing, bringing joy to you then I, it makes sense that you would say that's no one else's business, right? That's not like, I don't have to adjust to what they want. And in my case, it's not that I, like I said, not that I acquiesce. It's just that, that, that those words get into my head and then I, I ruminate and then I speculate. And then I'm the one who actually makes a determination based on my own thoughts, opinions, and ideas, but they're certainly, they're certainly uh, provocated by other people, right? Well, plus you, you, like we have different ways of living. I mean, it's weird because in a lot of ways we seem alike, right? And then mm-hmm. in other ways we're so different. It's hard to explain. It's hard to quanta. It's like hard to put mm-hmm. a finger on what it is exactly. Right. But you would you would care about that. You would want your people to be together and y'all go to the campfire and sit around <laughs> and you know sing songs yeah, and. Like, whereas I'd be like off in the woods looking for like, you know what I mean? Like the campfire would be happening. I'd either be making jokes, but then I'd be off like doing something else. Like, right, it's right. true. I like women with an edge. They always like, they're not, they're often like, just like me polarizing. And so it's hard to like say, mm-hmm. and that's just really hard. I don't know. This is very interesting. I really need to explore this more. I know. Well, this is what these sessions do. You, I'm thinking though, you've used the word polarizing and I'm going to probably use for me the idea of harmonizing. Yes. Right? Like right. I, I don't want to be in conflict. I like it. Right. I don't like to be polarized. I don't like, I don't like that tension. I like it when everybody's getting along. I'm usually a neutral person. If there's people that have beefs with each other, I don't take sides a lot. Maybe I have an opinion and I would in my mind take sides, but I never actually act on it. I used to, I used to be a lot more like feisty and kind of outspoken and like, you know, and I do have very strong opinions about things, but um, I try to only let loose on those with the people in my closest circle so that 
you know, because I like to create a sense of harmony. And so, yeah, it makes sense then that I would really want the people in my life, my friends to all like each other, my partner to like them, my family to all like each other and just all right. get together at my house and have a potluck. Yes, that is who you are. And I, I respect that. It's so not me. Mm-hmm. I want the person with the edge that's really going to like light everything on fire. I don't know why. That's what I'm attracted to. Like yeah. something in that person. But, you know, you are always trying to harmonize, which is interesting. Um, something else I was going to say. All right. Well, that is, that's the thing. It's to each their own, right? You need to get what's going to make you comfortable. I need to get what's going to make me comfortable. And interestingly, even though I'm polarizing, I'm very good at being a mediator. So it's like a weird, cause I'm like a, watching those people, right? So I see mm-hmm. what you're doing, but I can't be that. And I don't want to be that. And I think that just comes back. You gotta, what do you want to be in this world? Who do you want to mm-hmm. be? You have to show up as who you are and who you want to be. If you don't like who you are, then get into therapy and change. I don't like who I used to be because I did not like the crabby person that I was, the person that I came out after having been a cop. I didn't like that person, but I love who I am now and I'm still polarizing because I'm Mm -hmm. just that way, you know, but. Yeah. Well, and like we've been talking about every episode we do, we talk about how the way we show up in relationships in theory, if we're being authentic is the way we show up in the world. So the way that I would want people to influence my, my dating relationships, the the important people in my circle is not different or any outlier of any way that I would live my life. So it's like these relationships, as we talk about them are microcosms of just the way that we live in general. And so you and I like show up really differently in the world. And I know that people always are trying to figure out what in the world we have in common other than hiking to have a friendship like we do. But I, and I can't ever put into words what that is Um, because we are so different in how we see the world, navigate the world and, and do the world. But it's interesting because you and I are both very authentic in that we show up in our relationships exactly like how we show up in the world. Um, and so when we have conversations like this, it's like, oh, I never thought about it as polarizing and harmonizing. And now I have like a little, like a little thing in my head, like a little. Because like, we're again and again. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, um, all right. Well, I know we've had a really, really good discussion. And as usual, um, we'll probably both need to have therapeutic interventions after this to <laughs> break it down after our phone call with each other to break this down to figure out a little bit more about ourselves because sometimes I'm, I'm pretty sure that this podcast isn't just helping other people, but it's really helping us as well. So um, this has been a really lovely discussion on integrating friends and family and how influential are they as particularly at the beginning of relationships in terms of whether or not we want to move forward or not. And so thank you, Tracy, for being on and for everyone else until we chat again, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.